0: Today we have such a stellar episode on all things cycle syncing and caring for your hormones, which is just such an important facet of health. And I mean, if you guys have been around for a while, you know I've had quite the health journey, but I don't think I've talked too much in specific about my hormonal journey. And that's simply because there's not much to discuss, um, as you know I'm about to explain here, You know, back in the old days when I was struggling with an eating disorder and, you know, grief and stress and everything that happened in my childhood, I never even got a period until I was about 17, I think. And even then, it lasted about two months and then went away again. Fast forward to just this year, 2020, I am now 20 years old, and I managed to have a period in May and June, and then it went away again. So I've had like four legitimate like menstrual cycles, I guess, periods, however you want to say it, bleeds in my entire 20 years of life. And I, you know, I know that this is from the stress that I've had both internally and externally from various sources. And that's what I really want today's episode and my message overall when it comes to hormone health to portray is that stress is such, like, it's just such a hazard, not only to just, like, overall well-being, but specifically to our hormones in ways that we don't even understand. I mean, if, once more, if you guys have been around and you know what my health history is, like, having that chronic hep C for who knows how long, like, my inflammation levels were so high, my body was under so much stress from being, like, attacked from the inside out It's like, of course I didn't have my period. Plus, as I mentioned before, the disordered eating did not help. And then even now, like my body's still recovering from those years with the hep hep C. Like I still have gut issues. My hormones are still, um, you know, imbalanced. I'm working on them. They're greatly improving thanks to my wonderful (laughs) doctor, Chloe. But I'm still like in that progress stage. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, like very crossed that now that I am settled in and grounded in my new place with such good energy here that the last of those like internal stressors will just sort of fade away and I'll be able to finally have my body feel like comfortable enough to have a period you know I think that's what a lot of us are struggling with right now is Maybe you have, like, a normal period, but maybe you have, like, very bad symptoms, or maybe you have PCOS, or you're like me and you don't have a period. Um, It could be caused by stress, it could be caused by being underweight, by not eating enough fats, or whatever it is. Um, Overall, like, it's all stressors on our bodies and on us. So it's just... Wow, I went off quite the uh, rant right there. Sorry, folks. But um, the main point of me sharing all of that is just to point out like this important reminder for you and for anyone listening today. We are all so, 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 so unique. No one way, no one diet, no one food or supplement or anything will ever work exactly for you as it does for someone else. And so because of that, whenever you listen to podcasts, not only mine, but any other podcast, any other source of information, and they're saying, do this and you will be healed. I da- I like, I raise a hand and I'd say, hold up a minute here. Like, let's just think how, like, how will this affect my body? Right? Like, you know, your body best. And so I want you to remember that because if in this conversation or of other conversations someone's talking about a supplement or a food or a routine and it's like you like I don't want you to view this as like the magic cure-all pill these are suggestions these are things you can try and experiment for experiment with for yourself so just please keep that in mind And today's lovely guest that is on to talk all things hormones and cycle syncing and and some woo-woo fun in there as well is Hannah of Holistically Hannah. She was on once before and you guys went crazy for her episode. And I understand why she is such a light, such a wealth of knowledge and experience. I just love her so, so much. So what Hannah and I dive into today is the idea of syncing with your cycle to relieve PMS symptoms, to help with gut or skin symptoms that come up during these times of the month, uh, to better your focus and your energy. And the overall idea is that you will be in better better alignment with your body's needs during certain times of the month. So the phases, you know, the follicular, ovulatory, luteal, menstrual, I think I got them in order... (laughs) there are certain things that your body needs during each of those phases of the overall cycle. And so we discuss some of the things that they may need. So when you might need more rest versus when you might have that like insane energy, when you might feel like more mentally focused and when you might feel like a couch potato (laughs) and even certain foods that could help with the hormone levels in those phases. As I mentioned in the beginning, If your hormones are different from like the general idea of things, this is not going to 100% apply to you. Do you know what I mean? So that's why you take this in with a grain of salt and you find what works for you. A couple other of the fun things we explore and discuss include like different herbal tea remedies, um, spices that can help with gut or skin things, uh, how to sync if you don't have a normal cycle like yours truly. Um, And in this like the moon cycles, hint, that's, they're tied together, guys, okay? Moon cycles, our cycles, there's a connection. (laughs) Um, And in that, just the power of the moon cycles and embracing the divine feminine energy, we talk about moon water and crystals, um, just like manifestation and intentions. You guys know I love my woo-woo stuff and I don't know, and I feel even weird calling it woo woo because to me I firmly believe in some of these practices so to each their own you know what i mean nevertheless a very powerful conversation and if you want to connect with Hannah more she's on instagram at holisticallyhannah with a w linked below for spelling purposes <laughs> and i am on there at emily feigels linked below once more or at the other podcast instagram Let's Thrive podcast. I love to connect with you, as does Hannah. So please let us know what you thought of this episode, if it resonated, what you're taking away from it. We would love to hear. So without further ado, let's begin. Something that I just love about your feed, and I think a lot of people actually go to you for is cycle syncing. Cycle a uh, little bit of a tongue twister there. <laughs> so to start out, like, can you just explain from your viewpoint, your experience, what cycle syncing is, and we'll just dive right into it.
1: Yeah. So our world is really set up in a masculine way where we're supposed to show up the same every single day. And that really works well for men because their hormones follow this thing called a 24 hour cycle. So they go through the same hormonal fluctuations every single day, all throughout the month. But women actually follow a month long 28 day hormonal cycle. And so when we're in the beginning of our cycle, our hormones look completely different than a couple of weeks into the cycle. And that's where cycle thinking really comes in. It's where we tune in and we understand that instead of living the same every single day, we set our lives up around these fluctuations throughout the month. And so all of the foods that we're eating and our types of exercise and the way that we're working will look really different from one week.
0: You know, and I, I love what you said there about like the cycles and the difference between men and women, because so often i think we especially see this in like the eating disorder realm right where it's like we get in this idea of like this is what works for us and i'm going to stick with it and we're so afraid of you know if we if we steer from this path of eating the same foods or doing the same workouts um or following the same routine we're afraid that we'll gain weight or we won't be as successful or we won't be as loved like whatever it inherently comes back to do you know what i mean like we just get so afraid to break that that routine, that cycle that we're in, but biologically we're not meant to. Like that's what you were just explaining there, is that like we're meant to go in this like whole different way of living that's so different than what I think a lot of us are comfortable in.
1: That was my exact experience and I would wake up one day really ready to do an intense workout and I would feel really good eating a certain type of food. And then the next week, my energy would just be completely different. I would be way too tired to do any sort of strenuous exercise and I would beat myself up about it. Um, And so I really think that the reason I'm so passionate about learning about your menstrual cycle and living in tune with it is it really gave me permission to start to love my body and really accept these ups and flows instead of constantly trying to fight them.
0: Oh, I love that. That bit about like permission, because it's so true where, yeah, like we do we just beat ourselves up for the weeks when we're too tired to do the workout that we had planned to do or the days when we're eating more, right? Like we we think snacking so bad, but I know you've talked about this and we'll get into it later. Like there are times when you just need more food, like your body is craving more and and that's those are the days when we're eating a bit more and there's so many ways that we like put that unnecessary guilt and shame on ourselves when in reality like if we can understand the sort of like sinking with our cycle and everything that comes with it, it is like a, a type of permission or a way to get past that guilt and shame that can come with those quote unquote bad days as we, you know, as we refer to them as, you know what I mean?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so true. And it goes beyond just eating and exercising. And it really has helped give me permission to work different ways throughout the month as well. And also socialize because for me, there would be periods in the month where I really wanted to spend time with friends. And then the next week I felt so withdrawn and introverted and I just wanted to nest away in my home. And I would be like, well, what's wrong with me? Why Why don't I wanna go out and socialize? Why don't I have the energy to do this? And it's the same with work our creativity and our mental energy ebbs and flows throughout the month as well. And so we can really tap into that power by understanding these changes instead of trying to force ourselves to work in a certain way or do certain activities that just don't align with where we're at that month.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's like, it's like giving ourselves a superpower as if we can understand (laughs) when to do what. So I guess on that note, like, would you be able to break down, Sort of like a rough idea going through the month, like what the what the phases are, Um, you know, I guess kind of in regards to let's start with maybe like food and movement, like what might feel better during certain certain times of it.
1: Yeah, so the way I really like to break it down is thinking about the menstrual cycle in four phases, and these phases mirror the four seasons that we go through in nature. So I really like to start in day one, which is the day after our period ends, and this is the first phase of the cycle, and it's called the follicular phase. And this is the phase of springtime energy. So it's when our period is over and our hormones, which have been naturally low as we were bleeding, are now starting to rise up. And so we're filled with this refreshed, renewed springtime energy. And it's really the most creative time in the cycle and the best time to start beginning fresh projects and fresh activities. And then as far as food goes, we really wanna support healthy hormone production during this time because our hormones are naturally low. And so in particular, we want to really help our hormone estrogen climb because we need enough of this hormone to actually ovulate later in the cycle. So I love to focus on foods that are phytoestrogens. So they help to actually build the hormone estrogen in our body. So that's things like flax seeds, and small amounts of organic tempeh and tofu or something like oats. And then we also really wanna make sure that this estrogen is in a good balanced amount in our body. So not too much and not too little. And so that's where eating things like cruciferous vegetables is really supportive so that we can help to balance out and make sure our estrogen isn't getting too high. And then as far as movement goes in this cycle, because we have that really refreshed and renewed energy, it's a good time to try new activities. So if you want to go try a new workout class or go do a new hike to a place that you've never been, that's going to be really fulfilling and stimulating.
0: Okay. And so that's, that's the follicular phase. Yeah. And okay. I love that. And I think it's so interesting too, because I mean, like obviously everyone is going to be different. Right. But What's neat already is, you know, and as we go forward talking about the rest of the phases in a moment here, I just want everyone to remember, like, this is not an excuse to make food rules. This is not an excuse to have, like, food fears. But what's so great about, like, cycle syncing is that it, like, it can allow you and it can might even push you to try new foods, right? So instead of staying in that routine of I'm having this specific smoothie or this specific sandwich every single day. It's like, hmm, like what could maybe extra benefit my body today and like let's add that in. It's not about taking things out. It's just about adding in these these foods that will actually like support you to feel better, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally in your body too.
1: That is such a good point, Emily, and that's really how I look at it. I never follow specific food lists when I am living with my cycle and eating with my cycle, it's really about adding certain things in and never taking anything away.
0: Love that. Awesome. Okay. So we got the follicular in. What's next?
1: (laughs) Okay. So next we're going into our summer energy phase. And this is the second phase of the cycle, the ovulatory phase. And as the name suggests, this is the few days in our cycle when we're actually ovulating and able to conceive. And so this really has the energy of summer. We feel so alive and vibrant, thanks to estrogen, which is peaking. And this also helps to make our skin extra clear and glowy and we feel more social. And this is also the best partner cycle when we're able to communicate and talk and ask for what we want. And so as far as foods go in the ovulatory phase, it's a great time to add in fertility foods to really help boost cervical mucus and um, support egg quality. So that would be things like avocados and eggs are some of my absolute favorites. They've got all of the nutrients and healthy fats. Um, And it's also a really good time to add in fermented foods just to support the gut microbiome, which will again help to balance out that estrogen level. And so that could look like things like fermented vegetables or fermented coconut yogurt. And then as far as exercise goes in this phase it's where we have the most energy and so even though i'm not personally for my body a huge fan of high intensity workouts if a woman does want to do them throughout her cycle this is the phase to do it where it's going to have the least negative impact on her hormones
0: okay yeah that's good to know because i mean i too i don't know how exactly my body responds to high intensity All I know is that for a long time, that's all I was doing. Once more back to that every single day. If it wasn't high intensity, I didn't want to do it. And now I'm at a point where I definitely, there's some times of the month where I'm just like, hells yeah, like, let's go. Like high intensity, please. Like I'm pumped up. And then there are other times where I can like hardly do a yoga flow. You know what I mean? Like my body's just needing that rest. So that's good to know that. I didn't know it was the ovulatory phase, so Love that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool how we intuitively really do know these things. It's just kind of nice to get that validation reassurance when we actually learn um, the hormonal, hormonal changes behind it. And so then going into the third phase in our cycle, this is the luteal phase, and it's marked by the season of fall. So just like the trees begin to shut their leaves in autumn, our hormones in this phase slowly begin to decline. And so this is where estrogen estrogen drops off after we've ovulated. And we actually want our other sex hormone progesterone to be naturally higher in this phase. And that hormone is our soothing hormone. And it's really going to help combat any signs of PMS that might be showing up. And in this phase, because our hormones are getting lower, we're naturally going to really tune into that energy of nesting and wanting to complete projects and wrap things up in preparation for our menstrual cycle. And so this is a phase of really letting go of things that you no longer need and tying up projects. It's not a time to start new things. And it's really a time to honor your body's declining energy and make sure that you're nourishing yourself with lots of healthy fats and grounding foods and proteins. Because in the second half of our cycle, our blood sugar is naturally um, a little bit more wonky. And so it's really important in this phase that we're eating enough calories and our metabolism is actually picking up in the luteal phase. So we are going to physically feel hungrier and need more food. And then as far as exercise goes, it's important in this phase to not overdo it or push your body. And so I really love to go with the lower impact exercises during my luteal phase, such as going on a walk or doing some gentler weightlifting or yoga or Pilates. And these things can be really supportive for our body during this time.
0: Oh, I love, and I love what you said there about like honoring your body in this time, right? Cause like, I feel like where the struggle would be is you're coming off these two phases where it's like real like energetic, bubbly, you know what I mean? You're out doing things, you're you're hustling, whatever it is, like you're in that energetic mindset. And so to be able to tap the brakes and allow yourself to ease into the final phase I feel like that is so crucial and I love I love how these like go so in tune with like the natural
1: seasons you know what I mean so they really do and if you look at all of the most supportive foods for the luteal phase they're actually a lot of the foods that you would naturally gravitate towards in fall so it's lots of cooked vegetables and stewed fruits and lots of starchy carbohydrates and things like oats and sweet potato Um, and that's actually really supportive for our body during this time as well because our natural digestive fire is kind of dwindling so we're not as easily able to digest a lot of the more raw foods and raw vegetables and things like that and so that's why cooking our foods and adding warming spices can really help to stimulate that internal digestion okay
0: and real quick before we go into the final phase what like spices would you recommend in that sense for warming for because it, it, it is this time of year overall as we're recording it is fall you know of 2020 and well, I think, you know, no matter what, we're all kind of craving some more like warming foods. So what are some spices you'd recommend in that sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think I have three favorites. And the first one is ginger and ginger is so excellent for increasing that internal digestive fire. And it's also really beneficial for helping to break down protein, specifically animal protein. So if you are ever cooking meat and you have a little bit of a harder time digesting it, adding some ginger can really be supportive. And then my second spice would be cinnamon because it helps to balance out the blood sugar levels. And it's also just so delicious and tastes good on things like squash and oats and sweet potato. And then my third favorite spice is turmeric. And I love to do things like a turmeric latte. Um, And turmeric is just so warming and also very anti-inflammatory. So it's really good during this time to help remedy things like potential premenstrual pain and period cramping.
0: Okay, that is neat. I didn't know that about the ginger, um, about it with animal protein. That's interesting. Okay, awesome. Okay, well, so then I guess onto the menstrual, onto the menstrual phase.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is the phase that we're probably almost familiar with, and it's marked by the first day of our actual period, and the menstrual phase has the energy of the season winter. So this is a really sacred time, and it's a time that our ancestors really honored um, and women really were allowed to retreat and be together in sisterhood and rest back in the olden days during their periods but in today's society you're sort of just expected to push on and push forward and go to work no matter how you're feeling physically or emotionally but i think that if your schedule does allow, it's so beautiful to give yourself really deep rest during this time. And so that looks like going inward and allowing time to journal and really tap into your intuition and the emotions that are coming up for you. As far as foods go during the menstrual phase, this is a great time to focus on soups and stews and herbal teas and really things that are going to be Easy to digest and warming and soothing. And that will help with, again, things like period pain and cramping, and also just to smooth digestion. And then, as far as exercise goes, I think the menstrual phase is a great time to really fully give your body a rest. And so maybe that just looks like taking a nap or even going for a walk in nature if that feels supportive or doing some gentle stretching or restorative yoga. But especially for the first couple of days of your cycle, I really encourage people to allow themselves that complete break from the gym.
0: I love that. And like, can you just imagine how beautiful and like wonderful it must have been in those times when like when women could gather, you know, during these times and like during that time of the month and just like be with each other and really like feel everything that's coming up and allow that sort of like divine feminine, like flow just to take place versus like you said, nowadays, like Mm -hmm. obviously that's not an option for everyone. Like most of us are, you know, we're just living a lifestyle that unfortunately doesn't really, you know, make, make room, make space for that. But I think like what could be interesting is just finding like any way to have that be incorporated, right? So it's like maybe when you know like the menstrual phase is coming up, like you just make sure to book like a little bit of extra time in your days for maybe that extra nap or to sit a little bit longer in the morning with your tea or your coffee, whatever you're drinking, you know, like just find like the little moments to honor that phase. Um, But I just can't imagine how wonderful that would have been, you know, back then to gather in that sense
1: yeah i think that's such a beautiful point it's well for most of us it's not possible to just totally take a vacation when we have our period but again coming back to what you said i think it's so nice if we can even just carve out that time to maybe sleep a little bit longer or maybe instead of hanging out with a friend in that evening you have time just for yourself to have a bath or to journal or to read your favorite book and so it's really about integrating those tiny little things into your schedule whatever that might look like
0: yeah, no, and I wanted to ask, actually, before I forgot, uh, so you mentioned, like, it's the, type, the time of year, you know, for teas and things like that, and you are always posting, like, the most, well, they're beautiful, and then they're also so functional, um, like, tea concoctions, I suppose, on your feed, so is there, like, some, a blend or some, like, herbs in particular that you'd recommend for, I maybe, like, overall? hormone health, or if it's specific to like the menstrual phase, just so people could maybe like look for that blend um, from a brand or make their own, which is what I believe you do. So if you could just talk on that a bit, um, I think that'd be interesting to hear about.
1: Yeah, so I've really gotten into the benefits of herbs this past year, and I'm actually considering um, doing some sort of herbalist certification because I'm so passionate about it. Um, And yeah, I think that there's a lot of emphasis these days on adaptogens and supplements, but herbs are truly medicinal foods that are a lot safer than most adaptogens and they're widely available and many of them are very affordable and accessible. So my current favorite herb that I think is quite safe for most people, women or men would be um, nettle. So, either dried or fresh stinging nettle. And this is one of the most incredibly nutritious herbs out of all of them because it's so mineral rich in a lot of those trace minerals that are unfortunately not um, in our food these days due to soil degradation and poor soil quality. And so nettle has things like B vitamins and iron and magnesium and all of these minerals that are really supportive to our hormones. Um, And that's probably my favorite herb. And what I love to do to turn What you would consider a tea into more of a herbal infusion is to steep your herbs covered for four hours to 12 hours. So I like to do it overnight. And this is really going to infuse the herbs properties into the water and bring it into a more of a medicinal dose. And then aside from nettle, I also really love to do dandelion, especially during the ovulatory phase because it's really supportive for our liver and flushing out um, excess hormones and helping with digestion. Um, And then I also, it's not so much a herb, but I love to do my cacao lattes in the morning. And I think cacao is great all month long, but particularly in the luteal and menstrual phase because it's really rich in magnesium. And if you're one of those women who does crave chocolate before her period, there's a reason for it. It's because your body really does want the magnesium that's in that dark chocolate. And so picking up some organic cacao powder and blending it into a yummy chocolatey latte with some healthy fats and your favorite sweetener can make the most delicious sort of coffee replacement or afternoon pick-me-up. Oh, I love that. And
0: I, I think it's so true what you were saying, you know, about how there's so many trace minerals that we're just missing nowadays or vitamins and such. And, you know, it is true. And I know even with my own hormone struggles, um, yeah, because I think last time I updated you, I had got my period back. Unfortunately, it lasted about, I think I had it two months and then it went away again. But you know, what, what my testing showed in those times was that, you know, just these essential minerals, vitamins, whichever they were, I can't remember, um, that I was low in. And like the way my doctor sort of described it to me is that like, you know, my body just needed like a bit of a boost. Right. And so for me, it was doing supplementation for a bit until I could graduate to like finding like. The rich sources of it, which is sounds like what would be that stinging nettle um, or like something like a cow where it's like some simpl- supplementing naturally. Um, and in a safe way, these things that we all need, but especially as women that we need, and especially if you're trying to, um, you know, get your period back or just maintain it or just manage symptoms. Right. So I, I love that. And um, yeah, I just love your so you would call them like an herbal infusion
1: then yeah. So when okay. you're sleeping, just love them, <laughs> they're so wonderful. And yeah, going back to what you said for um, women who are struggling to have a regular cycle or who don't have a, um, a period, sometimes our body does just need that kickstart again by doing um, some sort of herbal supplementation, like what your doctor um, advised you. And then for women who are struggling, I definitely, there is one herb that I will suggest, but This is one you want to consult your healthcare practitioner first before um, deciding if it's right for you, but that would be Vitex. And so Vitex, or um, also known as chaseberry, is a really um, potent herb for helping to kickstart progesterone production. Um, And that one really helped me when I was struggling with amenorrhea. It helped me get my um, period back. But again, that one you would want to consult with someone before because it's only for women who have a certain hormone picture going
0: on yeah because you never know like what like, you know you might not have your period but it might be because you know a, period, a a level is low or a level is high and you don't want to mess around you know like the stinging metal things like those we probably all could benefit from them in one way or another but something specific like that that's something that yeah like go and ask you know bring up the conversation with your provider or find someone who would be willing to discuss it with you I'm going to be discussing it with mine, so <laughs> that's good, but um going so staying on this topic of if someone's struggling to get like their period you know like their period back or just to o- overall with it, like is it possible to cycle think in a way if we don't have that like physical physical way of tracking it, I suppose?
1: Yeah, so when I didn't have a period i started cycle syncing with the phases of the moon and whether it's a woman who's dealing with something like amenorrhea or pcos or if it's someone who is potentially postpartum or postmenopausal, um, following the moon cycles can be a really beautiful way to still tap into that cyclical rhythm that women really crave even if you don't actually have a physical bleed and so a long time ago before the introduction of artificial lighting, many women actually were synced with the moon cycles. And so it was really common for a woman to ovulate with the full moon and bleed with the new moon. And the reasons behind this is because light is the highest stimulus to the brain. And so it has the most effect on our hormones. And so if there is no artificial lighting, then a woman's hormones will naturally sync up with the moon's lighting because that was the most potent source of light back in those days. And if you also think about it, the moon is so powerful that its energies influence the ocean tides throughout the month. And it's really beautiful because women have a similar ratio of water in our bodies as well. So it's no wonder that the moon is influencing those same waters within ourselves. And so what I really recommend, um, whether it's cycle syncing or seed cycling, like we talked about in our previous episode, um, is to start by using the new moon as the day one, quote unquote, of your menstrual cycle and going from there.
0: Okay. Okay. So start new moon as like the follicular phase and then progress through. And okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's a great... Cause I know before, like even I put off seed cycling or cycle syncing in general, because I was like, I just don't even know where to start. You know, like I, I have these ideas, you know, of where my period has been once or twice in my entire life, but otherwise it's like, I don't know. And I think that can prevent so many of us, you know, when we don't know something, we just, we just well, oftentimes put it aside or we don't do it. And I think that going with the moon cycle, like that could be so powerful and, Um, I guess just like in general, are there any other ways that like the moon cycles in general or when we sync with the moon cycles, like how that can benefit us, like whether that's emotionally, mentally, uh, with like our workflow? I'm just so fascinated by like the connection to the moon and you always talk about it in the most eloquent ways. So.
1: yeah so i first would like to just note that there really is no right time to bleed and if you're not synced up with the menstrual with your menstrual cycle with the moon then that's totally okay However, I think it can be really beautiful and powerful when we do sync up. And so if that's something that you want to just play around with for fun. My biggest recommendation would be trying to shut off all sources of artificial lighting. um, When the sun goes down and then just using things like the pink Himalayan salt lamps or a red light bulb or candlelight to light your home at night and then Another way I love to connect with the moon is trying to go outside every night or every few nights to just actually track its phase and see where where the cycle is. Um, And especially if you live somewhere, maybe out of a city where you do have more access to actually seeing the moon. That's just a beautiful way to kind of moon gaze and connect with its energy. And then as far as benefits go with the moon. um, I Love to kind of do some moon rituals, whether my period is aligning with the moon or not that month, I think that there is some really potent energy with the full and new moon. And so with the new moons, that's a really beautiful time to set intentions for the coming lunar cycle ahead. Um, And it's a really powerful time of manifestation. And then on the full moon is when I love to write out a big list of all the things that I want to release and things that are no longer serving me. And then I like to rip it up or burn it or do some sort of ritual of just casting away those things and kind of starting fresh again.
0: Oh, I love that. And so like when someone is going to, so it's a new moon when you would set intentions per se, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like are there is there any like i don't know i guess advice you'd give for someone when they're trying like when they're writing intentions or trying to like manifest something just you know i think so often we get this like we get this like social media idea right of like what intention should be or how to manifest and i know it's so unique for everyone but i'm just curious like what that specifically looks like for you um just so people can get like a good idea of like it doesn't have to be this crazy you know time consuming event or ritual right like it can be very simple but just curious like what you do for that
1: yeah i think that's a beautiful point is that there is no right way and i think the most powerful way to quote unquote manifest is to really tune in to yourself and see what feels good so for me that actually looks different every month sometimes it will be the new moon and I really do feel the need to actually write out a list and get super clear on things that I wanna call in. But other times it might just be me going for a walk in nature and thinking about all the things that I really love about my life and things that maybe I do wanna call in more. And then another thing I really like to um, kind of subscribe to when it comes to manifestation is it's not so much about writing things down and then having them appear, but I really believe that we do manifest from our subconscious, and so we're manifesting from the deep beliefs that we have about ourselves and so i think that when we can really look and go deep and question what where those things are coming from and do that reprogramming work that's when we can really start to manifest because we're raising our self-worth and we're letting go of all the blocks that could be blocking those manifestations from coming in and i know that you're kind of just getting into um phillips work now but She is someone who just shares so much valuable information on manifestation in more of a modern way that's actually using hypnosis and neuroscience backing behind it.
0: Yeah, no, and I just, I love how you put that because way with the intentions, like it's so true where I feel some months, yeah, like you just, you do need to sit down and make like a real ritual out of it and write your list and, you know, do all those things. And then other times, like maybe it's one very powerful intention. Right. And you're, it's you thinking about it as you walk or as you, you know, sit and sip your tea or whatever, like you're in that, like that mode of intentional being. Um, and then like, yeah, as far as manifesting goes, I just love that. And I think what you said about it being like a subconscious event is what's so beautiful about doing it, you know, specifically with that, like, um, it's with the new moon, right. I keep forgetting. (laughs)
1: right? Like manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. So say
0: for instance, like you're doing that manifesting intentionally around that like new moon time or on the new moon, like you're setting yourself up to take the subconscious steps towards that manifestation too. Right. Because it's like you said, it's not like you just write it down and it happens. It's more so like you're subconsciously programming yourself to, to believe it can happen and to take the steps towards it without even realizing it. And the next thing, you know, it's like, it's here. Like, wow this shit works. You know what I mean? Like that's how it's happened. Every time with me, you don't even realize it's coming. And then this whole time, like you've been going towards it. Right. So I love that. And I think that's like the power of doing an intentional practice like that on, like on a specific day or like, for instance, with the new moon, because then you're setting yourself up for success one way or another. And not success in the typical sense, but you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) I do. And I think it's so cool if you were to keep some of those lists and look back maybe a year later, because it's so magical, the things that have appeared for me from my lists. And I really do think that just taking the time to actually get clear on what you want is a really big first step in manifesting it.
0: No, I a hundred percent agree. And I I'll just tell this funny side story. Um, when I was in high school, I was just starting to find, like, the blogs and everything like that. I remember the one day, like, just making a list of, like, you know, like, some people, it's, like, they they have this, like, idea of, like, marrying a famous actor or superstar. Like, even though we all, like, pretty much, like, we believe it won't ever happen, we still yet hold on to this, like, belief of, like, I'm going to marry them or I'm going to be this or do that. And it's, like, we don't really believe it, but we just – we like we let the fantasy play out whatever and so i had written this list of like dreams you know what i mean like things that could only ever happen in my wildest daydreams and it was like attend expo west or like meet jordan from the balanced blonde um go on the almost 30 podcast podcast like uh meet this very specific blogger um from san francisco like all these little things And i remember thinking like this is batshit crazy why am i even writing this down you know what i mean like this is just such a daydream and then it was like a year, it was like a couple months ago, a year ago, I just remembered that list. And I was like, holy shit, like I, I've done everything on this. You know what I mean? Like it's so oh god! how that happens. Like it's yeah. such a crazy feeling. And I think if people wrote that down, they would see it happen in even smaller ways, right? Like there's been plenty of small stuff too, but it just goes to show like the power of like letting yourself dream. You know what I mean? Like whether it's big or small, however you want to gauge it, like, it's crazy how stuff can happen like
1: that. Ooh, the power of letting yourself dream. I love that. Yes, 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 yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Motto of twenty twenty and twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, I guess like overall, there's another moon practice that I just saw you doing the other day, and I want to talk about it. Um, I didn't get to ask you about it before now, but it was moon, moon water. If I'm. Getting oh yes. That. Can you talk about that? I'm just so intrigued. I. I love, you know, like all this type of stuff. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. So I've just started to do the moon water practice this year. And I think I found, I started learning about it on Instagram, but I did a little bit more research and I think it's just another beautiful way to connect with the moon. And so if you think about it, when the moon is at its fullest point, it's radiating so much powerful energy and so a lot of people like to also do this with crystals but essentially you fill up some glass jars um, or mason jars or whatever with water and you set it out on your windowsill or maybe even outside overnight and you let the moon the full moon charge the water and in the morning my water is always super bubbly and it almost seems like it's been electrically charged. And then you can do a lot of fun things with that water. I know some people will pour it in their bath, but I like to just drink it or make my elixirs or herbal teas out of it. And I just think it's another really beautiful way to connect with that energy. And also I forgot to mention, but I like to kind of set an intention after I put the water on the windowsill for each different glass. And so maybe I make one glass the intention that I'm infusing this water with the energy of calm and peaceful vibes. And then the next morning when I drink that, I feel like the moon has really helped to set my intention into that water.
0: Oh, I love that. And I mean, it's going back to what you said before of if the moon is powerful enough to control the ocean, like why, you know, like it makes sense in my eyes, in my mind that it could a hundred percent affect still water. Do you know what I mean? Like water that's just in a glass underneath its light compared to everything it does for the ocean all the time. And when it's at its fullest, fullest energy exposed to us. So I was so fascinated by that. And I saw someone else doing it too. So I was like, Ooh, I've got to try. And especially since I mean, I, it sucks. I'm not as much in nature as I was before, but I've got like a very good view of the moon from um, like, I have like my balcony and some windowsills. So then also just real quick while we're on this topic, cause I, I'm curious, you mentioned like some people do this with crystals and I've seen that as well. Is that something you do? And if so, like, I guess, could you just give like any knowledge or experience you've had with crystals, whether that's like personal use or specifically charging them with the moon? Um, just because that's something we haven't actually talked about yet on this podcast, surprisingly. so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like crystals really had a big trend a couple of years ago, and then they seem not to be as talked about these days anymore. But I still love crystals, and I have them all over my office right now. Um, and I think that when it comes with to the moon and crystals, if you're having a regular crystal practice, say that's maybe holding a crystal while you meditate every day or just kind of using crystals throughout your house, they really absorb a lot of energy, especially if you're touching them. And so it's important to cleanse them and give them a way to release some of that energy that they might be holding on to. And so I think that when we put our crystals out under the full moon, it's a really beautiful way to let go of all of those energies and just give them a fresh kind of cleanse and bath. Um, And then as far as my personal crystal practice goes, I really like to use crystals intuitively um, and kind of use them whenever they're kind of calling me so I have certain crystals like an amethyst that I'll hold when I am maybe having a restless night and wanting to go to sleep and I can find that really calming. Or I have another sort of citrine crystal, which really helps me if I'm feeling nervous, maybe before a public speaking event or something. And so I think that we can create these really nice bonds with different crystals. And there are lots of different books and guides that you can get into the different properties of crystals. But also, I kind of like to go about it intuitively and see which certain crystal is calling me at what time.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, just kind of follow that intuitive flow with it. And it would be interesting, you know, if someone has access to, you know, like a shop or an area that is, you know, generally selling and providing crystals, not just like something you order off Amazon, I guess, um, it'd be neat to be able to like be in the presence of them. Right. And kind of test yourself. Like, what are you being called to? Or I know one time at a retreat, they had us like enter a sort of meditation and then see like what we were called to. You know what I mean? Kind of like if you're doing cards. So I, I think that was so powerful too, because it was like a way to connect with um, like what you were needing in that moment, even like you've found out through your own experience. So that's so lovely.
1: Yeah, that's so true. It really does. I mean, we can come, we can do all the Googling we want and kind of see what other people say, but I feel like with so many things, it just comes back to ourself and really we're the person who holds the power in getting to determine what, what is, um, what rings true for us.
0: No, a hundred percent. And as a sort of closing note, after all this great discussion, I've loved it uh overall like when it comes to the divine feminine which i feel is like core concept that we've been you know touching on the basis of it throughout this from the menstrual cycle to the moon cycle to crystals however it be like just what you know as sort of this like closing part here i just want to hear like what your experience has been like with sort of like embracing and just going all in with the divine feminine really like tapping into that part of yourself Um, Just to, you know, raise some awareness around it and give people guidance if there's someone like me who struggles to really find, really embrace that part of themselves.
1: Yeah, so every human being has both masculine and feminine energy inside of them, and we really need a balance of both. We don't want to go too far on the pendulum swing either way, but I think that in our modern world, we all are very much living in our masculine energy most of the time and this is because society is set up to put so much demand on us to be going and going and going and never stopping and really creating schedules and rigid rules and all of these things are putting us more and more in our masculine and so for myself i really started to explore this this past year because it's the year that i went full-time on my business and i think especially for people who are entrepreneurs or working in the corporate world um, it's really easy for us to be in our masculine all the time and never really shut off and so A huge part of my journey this year has been learning to release all of the rigidity and the rules and really step into that energy of receptivity and flow and allowing and kind of just going with things that are joyful and lighting us up as opposed to trying to force things and create set schedules and plans. And for me, the most powerful practices for connecting with my feminine energy have been dancing for sure. And I was never someone who was really into dancing, but this year I've given myself permission to turn on music that really just like lights my soul up and totally just dance alone and make myself feel beautiful. And I think the power of being in our feminine is it really does connect us with our body and gives us a deeper appreciation for who we are. And so other practices like singing or putting on an outfit that makes you feel really radiant, these are all ways that we can connect to that feminine energy. And even things like taking a bath and just having some chocolate or going out in nature and all of those practices that are really indulgent and filling us with pleasure. And I was muted. Whoops. I said, (laughs) said,
0: yes, I just love that so much and you know what came to mind for me as you were explaining that is how yeah like there are a lot of these feminine like ways to embrace that inner feminine that sometimes like from the outside right like we can feel like oh that makes me lazy or you know oh i don't have time for that but it's so true like you were saying how great you can feel right like i was on a podcast a week ago and they were asking about you know like confidence and how to build it and stuff like that. And I was like, truly for me, like it's, you know, no matter what I've gone through with body image, body dysmorphia, dieting, disordered eating, like I've never had confidence. Like I've had in the moments when I tap into that feminine energy, like when I, you know, like when I'm not looking at my body and ripping it apart or like anything like that, I'm just like tuning into how I feel. Right. And it's like, those nights when you do, yeah, you, t- you just take the warm bath and you go above and beyond to make that path, that bath like so luxurious. Like you just soak it in, you enjoy it. Or yeah, you you take the time to like intentionally get ready and something you know just like feels good or you dance, you sing, like you just have fun. Like when I think about it, those are the moments when like that confidence is strongest for me and that's beautiful, right? Cause it's not dependent on how you look or how you act or how smart you are, or any of these labels we have. Um, in society. So that's another like whole part of that divine feminine, I feel, is the, the true confidence that you can get from it too.
1: Yes, it's so true. And going back to what you said about this fear of being lazy or unproductive, that's been my experience as well. And it's something I still struggle with. But what I notice is when I do allow myself to tap into that feminine energy, then suddenly I am like filled with more creativity and more energy to do the things that I love. Whereas if I had tried to just stay in my forcing rigid masculine energy, where it would just be a whole uphill battle the whole way.
0: Yep. Nope. It's so damn true. Just like with anything, you know what I mean? If you, like if I prioritize just a bit more rest, I'm so much more effective with my work, with my time. And then there'll be days where I just try to like go, go, go. Next thing you know, I've wasted half an hour on Instagram. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you just can't like you reach that threshold. And then instead of like properly resting, you just, you know, go on a deep dive Instagram scroll or do something that's just, you know, maybe not the best for your mentally, emotionally. So I, I love that. It's it's like a form of preventative care, you know, I don't know.
1: <laughs> totally. No, I totally agree.
0: Uh, well, you are absolutely amazing. And I just, can't thank you enough for coming on again. This was such a powerful conversation. And um, where can people find you to follow along, to learn more? Because you are hands down like one of the accounts I go to every single day because I'm always learning from you. I'm always inspired by you. um, And I truly mean that. So pimp yourself out.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you, Emily. That's truly the biggest compliment coming from you. So everyone can find me on my Instagram, which is where I'm most active at Holistically Hannah and Holistically is with a W. And I haven't actually announced this anywhere yet, but I'm going to announce it here is that I'm not sure, depending when this podcast comes out, it might already out, but. Next week, I'm going to be releasing a holistic cycle guide, which goes deep into the root causes of hormonal imbalance and how we can address these imbalances as well as all of the different phases of our cycle and learning what nutrients and what foods, what self-care, what lifestyle practices that we can really do to feel our best throughout the month. Um, And I also talk about the moon faces and period blood and different herbs and different supplements. So it's really like a whole holistic guide to women's health and the menstrual cycle.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. This will be out. So this will probably be out the week after the launch of that then. So that'll be perfect timing because (laughs) I get like, Oh, you are such a, like, and what's great about a guide like that is that you have it for that like continual usage right like a podcast episode is great for initial knowledge but unless you have like a very good memory you're going to forget things and that's what's so great like i think podcast episodes are a great intro to these topics but then if you're really fascinated about something like buy the book buy the guide um do your own research like dig deeper like this is just the catalyst for that next step so i oh i'm so happy for you for the guide launch like congrats
1: Thank you. And thank you again for having me on here. It's been so much fun.